I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Mm. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit off of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a- Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though not and on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is Radiation oh, Ruling the Nation. kind of a new record. Excuse very me, I was in, in a minute. Time. Very nice, Rob. A sly declaration of new classic status slipped into a list of old safe ones. Very pussy. Excuse me, I was in, in a minute. Couldn't you be any more obvious than that, Rob? How about, uh, I don't know, the Beatles? How about fucking, fucking Beethoven? Track one, side one of the Fifth Symphony. How can someone who has no interest in music own a record store? Can you still have that uh, beef bar French import safe as well? Um, let's see. Ah, yes, here it is. Yes. How much you want for it? Ah. Oh no, you know what? I don't think I'm selling it this week. Maybe next oh, week. Oh no, you said that last week. Did I? Yeah, well, I just. I. I played. You know, I don't have that record. I'll buy it for 40. We're up. So. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Oh, happy Thanksgiving? No, it's post-Thanksgiving. Well, it's not really Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. Oh, we'll be, we'll be gay Black Friday. Black Friday. Oh man, this yeah. is this is your day, huh? No, my my Black Friday already happened when we released the vinyl. Oh. People 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 like uh, pre-ordering this stuff, so it's going to keep me busy for the next couple of weeks. Cool, well, glad to hear it. And we also have this nice and retro-looking VHS cassette or tape. Go! What? Oh man, sorry. Who are you rooting for over there? I'm rooting for everybody. Watching the World <laughs> Cup over here. How, how do you say the name of the country where the World Cup is happening? Well, Qatar, or is it Qatar? It looks like Qatar, but I hear people say Qatar. I think that's right. But, but you know Cutter. what? You're not a Qatar's way. Yeah, you're not. You're not a Qatar. I'm a Qatar. Refund? Refund? Are you crazy? Is it how do we say it or how do they say it? Which which one's right? It doesn't matter because those poor people over there cannot drink beer while they watch a soccer game. It never should have taken place in Qatar, Qatar, whatever. It never should have been there. 
I've got to watch this in November? Like if this had happened when it usually happens in the summer, it would have been great. We wouldn't be talking about it right now. I wouldn't be missing most of it because I'm about to go on tour. Uh, this is nonsense. And on top of that, these poor people can't drink beer? That's straight up bullshit, man. So you know what I did? I cracked open a couple beers today for them. Yes, it was 11 a.m., Gabe. I don't care. I did it out of solidarity for the rest of the world. Okay, yes, I've had a couple beers today, Gabe. I have. It's all right. Uh, well, you're, not, you're, I know. I understand. But it's this is going to be my, my World Cup day. In the U.S., they blew it. They tied. This is why people don't That's like soccer. It. They should have won. They went against a team that hasn't played in 50 years. The men U.S. team is subpar at best. The women's soccer team is is pretty good, I hear. But the men's they they, they don't hang. They can't hang. It's true. I have heard that. I haven't watched women's soccer. I only watch the World Cup. I'm just watching this. This is probably the last time Messi's going to be here. Who? You know I'm talking about Messi. No, is that the coach? No, it's a player, Lionel Messi. He plays for Argentina. Did he write, say you, say me? So anyway, so the first year that I got into the World Cup, I was sleeping one off on the couch, and it, there was a, a game playing on, on the television, and I just kept hearing the uh, the scorekeeper, whatever, the, the guy... Well, I mean, I don't do sports, Gabe. You know this. What's the guy, the, the commentator? Color, the color commentator. Okay. He, all right. With so words. he kept saying messy, messy, messy over and over. And I thought that was something that they say in soccer circles or in England. Like, that's a messy goal. Ah, messy, messy. Uh, turns out that's the name of the player. So... And that's how you got hooked on soccer because you that's thought that was how so I got funny. hooked on soccer because I thought it was so funny. Plus, I that's dig awesome. it. I I I I dig it. I, I dig the old school Alfred Hitchcock like drama, the tension, the suspense of sitting there watching a game for an hour and no one has scored, and then boom, someone scores, and the release, the tension releases. It's delicious. I'll tell you the first time I saw a soccer game on TV. I was probably seven years old. I was sitting in my Pele. room. Well, I don't know who was playing. It wasn't Pele, but it was probably, yeah, it was probably around the time of Pele. I was seven or so. And my friend Steve Mint and I were watching. We just were looking at TV channels, flipped it, found a soccer game. I'd never seen soccer before, and I don't think he had either. And Every time somebody uh, used their head, did a header, yeah, we thought it was like an accident, like the ball like was hitting people in the head, not deliberately, and we were laughing our asses off for uh-huh. like forty <laughs> minutes every time somebody got hit in the head with a soccer ball. It was great. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Think about like how hard it is to play a game where you can't really use your hands. That's fucking crazy, and these guys like. They don't have real timeouts. They got to run back and forth for 45 minutes. There's no commercial breaks. And if there's 
too many timeouts, they got to put more time on the game. This is like they run around for 90 minutes and they go, nope, four more minutes, idiot. Keep running. That's a, that's a tough game. Gabe, I know you're a sports fan. What do you think of the fine game of soccer? I don't get any pleasure out of watching grown men run across a field for an hour trying to kick a ball through a, a goal for 60 minutes and the score zero zero at the end. It's 90 and minutes. Whatever it is, it's too long. That's why Americans See, don't like it because it's it's because we're spoiled. The, no, we never. We're liked spoiled, it. and you're we a spoiled person. Listen, I'm an American, and I hate soccer. I hate. All right, it. Wow, but wow. What kind of American are you? I like real football. What kind? <laughs> I like real football. <laughs> Yo, yeah, you're an American, all right. But what kind of American are you? Uh, is there a hyphen involved? Ugly American? No. Dirty? You say it. A Mexican American? Are you? Is, would you say you're a Mexican American? Uh, I don't say it very often, but I guess I am. Okay, Mexicans love soccer. You know this because because they tell me they love soccer. You, you think you're the only Mexican I know? Do they say it in Spanish? See, si. <laughs> football, football. Uh. No. Dude, it's, it's go to a restaurant tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., and if everybody who's working in the kitchen isn't blaring that soccer game, I'll go down on you. It is a national pastime for the people south of the border. You might be right. <laughs> but I'm from north of the border, from Waukegan, Illinois. Yes, clearly. And, and soccer sucks. So you yeah. like your sports watching in 15 second intervals um interrupted by three minutes or more of commercials after exactly to me you're just fucking watching commercials is all you're doing when you watch football the commercials never end this there's no commercials for 40 at least 45 minutes it's it's like you when you watch the oscars you tape it you start playing it about an hour in and you forward the commercials there's not a goddamn commercial every three minutes I know. You can't have uninterrupted sports on TV. Yes, you can. You're watching soccer. Unless you're watching it's soccer. It's called soccer, and it's <laughs> glorious. Those what if you guys... got to use the bathroom? What about the bathroom breaks? Are you kidding? They're sweating all the pee out of their pores. Not you when you're watching it. <sighs> you're right. You're right. So I go pee. Big deal. No one's it's interesting, score. Scott, that you're still rooting for the U.S. Even in the world. I'm not rooting for the U.S. I, I'm more interested to see Argentina. Uh, okay. They're they're usually my team, and I don't root for the U.S. because people from the U.S. don't give two shits about the game. So I don't feel bad not rooting for the U.S. We don't deserve to win because this country is full of people like Gabe who don't give two fucks. Gabe, speaking of not giving two fucks, I never figured you for a pesto guy. Pesto. Pesto. That wasn't, that wasn't pesto. I went to this. That was pesto on that pizza that you posted. First of all, <laughs> that's a lot that's of alliteration, isn't it? That was pesto on that pizza that you posted, pal. I don't even remember the name of this place. I wish I could remember it. I'll, I'll remember it later. This is your chance to like big ups that place, and you're, you're failing. What's no, the name of that I'll, place? I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But you can also add another P word to that sentence and... We could all have some fun. Uh, we got. We just. We that. were. We were in Jacksonville, 
in the St. In the St. John's Town Center area where the hip shopping is, I guess. I don't know. Okay, you painted quite a picture. And, and we then decided, you went to Prati Italia Jacks. Yes, and it was a 45-minute wait. wait. I'm like, uh, and they said, no, you can stand, sit at the bar if you want. And we came, okay. Or okay. you could watch half of a football game. They had the real football, American football, college football even going. Ugh. And uh, I saw this lady pull out this box. It was a rectangle. It was a pizza box, but it was a rectangle. I'm like, okay, maybe this place might have something going on. Rectangle pizza? Okay. Get to the pesto. And they had this pizza, and I guess there was pesto on it. I don't know what pesto looks like, but it, it was... It's what you ate. It's this green stuff. That was uh, basil. Or is it pesto? No, it's pesto. That, that stuff that's... But they had the caramelized... Ben, ben, no, clearly the it's caramelized pesto. dough on the outside where it's crispy and buttery. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This pizza was up there. You might, you might have to check it out. If you, ever, if you come to Jacksonville, you might have to check it out. It looks a little almost like Detroit style, which I'm not a huge fan because that's just one stone's throw away from Sicilian. Easy, Ben. <laughs> Sicilian pizzas are square, right? Or rectangle-ish? They're square and they're basically focaccia. What'd you call me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this pizza was really good. I, 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 on a scale of one to ten, I give it about an eight and three quarters. Ooh, wow. Why don't you just say nine? Uh, Ten, I even. Saved, I saved my nines. I saved my nines. Oh, really? What's the, uh, is there like a vinaigrette on that pizza, too? What's that? Uh, Balsa- balsamic, balsamic vinaigrette. vinaigrette. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sounds like you ate a salad. Yeah. A panzanella salad is what you And ate. mushrooms? You bread Lots salad. of mushrooms? mushrooms? Mushrooms on half. Heidi wanted to get the mushrooms. She likes mushrooms on the pizza. Mm. Well, so. it's great. You don't like mushrooms on pizza? I'll eat it, but they taste like dirt. That's right. <laughs> but they didn't. That's the thing. This didn't. Well, was, you know, they great. only taste like dirt when you're eating magic mushrooms, Gabe. So in Florida, better pizza or better Mexican food? Right now, both. Mex- I found two places that we liked. Mexican food. Okay, scale of one to ten, the best Mexican place Oh, the Tacos El Norte is number 10. You know that. No, it, in Florida. Number 10? Well, it's the 10 out of 10. Yeah, he's a 10 out of 10, of course. But the... the you, know what, you know what the people at Tacos El Norte like? They love soccer. They love it. They're going to watch it tomorrow. As long as they're making my, in, tor- making my enchiladas. Oh, yeah? Get in there and make my enchiladas. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your soccer game. Yes. Wow. But I didn't realize you were part of the ruling class as much as you are oh they as long as they can watch the game as long as you're cooking sweating they can (laughs) wow they can watch the game as long as they keep it in that fucking kitchen now my face i like american football hey sweet tits get over here where's my root beer All right, Mel Gibson. So, uh, speaking of big fans, Ben, White Lotus, not a fan. Not a fan. Not season two. You. No. Yeah. Season one, I'm a fan of. Season two, no good. No bueno. Why? What's, what, what is so different about season two that you would love season one and you don't dig what's going on in season two? It's kind of the same thing, no? Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the problem. 
Mm. Uh, I already saw this show. I don't need to see it again. The characters are deadly boring to me. Hmm. They keep cutting from one incredibly uninteresting situation to another and then back and forth. And it's like, I don't care. I don't, I'm not interested in these two fucking prostitutes and every move. They oh, make, every time I they cannot wait to see what happens with the prostitutes. I can't wait. Like the web that these two prostitutes have weaved. Ah, it's garbage. And this plot twist I, where I, the, it's where not the, garbage. Um, the ultra obnoxious woman who uh, is like the manager suddenly her plot line is that she falls in love with a younger lesbian. It's ridiculous. Where does that come from? They said they spent three episodes setting her up as this total asshole. And then the payoff is that she who doesn't care about men. Love. Yeah. She, no, she's not going to find love. The, the woman, the, the woman's going to be repulsed that she's coming on to her. That's what's going to happen. Right. The, the, this explains why she doesn't give two shits about serving the men. It's, it's, I think it's interesting. I, but, but here's, the problem. Uh, people are constantly complaining about these TV shows, about rich people and their problems and, you know, all that crap. I, I think rich people and their problems have made for some pretty compelling entertainment over the years. No? Yeah, that's not my argument. Don't come to me okay. with that shit. <laughs> I love Mike White. I've loved everything he's ever done. This is a disaster. A terribly I don't written think it's show. A, I don't think it's a disaster. I don't it's think terribly it's terribly written. written. Scott, I think it's... You've seen too much fine. tar. You've been watching tar too many times. You can't even see straight with your your. Oh really? You're, you're that just what you bathing in rich people problems. That's your thing. That's, hey man, that's, that's where you want to be. I'm with the people of the world. Rich people. <laughs> Gabe, are you watching The White Lotus? No, I, I haven't watched The White Queen, The White Lotus, The Lotus. I don't know what a lotus is. Lotus eaters. There, I helped you out with the third. There's a third Lotus one? Eaters. Yeah. It's like it's, it's a, the Lotus position. Mm. I, I don't know what this is, but I, I'm not watching it. I have no interest in it. Uh, what is it about? A queen? She plays chess and they have dragons. What? what? <laughs> right? Am I close? <laughs> Maybe. No. Okay. I don't know. Gabe, who do we have on the show today? <laughs> Chris Anzalone, no relation to Glenn Anzalone. Or Matt Anzalone. <laughs> uh, he is a new owner of Stereo Jack's record store in Cambridge? Used no, to be in Cambridge. it used to be in Cambridge. Oh, they Now moved. it's in Somerville. Okay. But he's, he's a drummer. Some might call him the skunk Baxter of Boston. <laughs> Some. You. <laughs> I can't go a day without talking about Skunk Baxter. But anyway, wow. uh, looking forward to talking to him. You know, there are other people that played in the Steely Dan Wrecking Crew than Skunk Baxter. You know, yeah, you but could say Elliot Easton once in a while. No, but he didn't play in the Doobie Brothers. Not Elliot Easton. You could say Elliot Randall once in a while. I was going to say Elliot Easton was in Steely Dan. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He could have been. Elliot Easton was that, is that good that he could have been in Steely Dan. But I Elliot went, Randall, Skunk didn't play all those solos. Buddy. No, but Boy. I went I went fifty years without knowing the name of that song is called "Peg" by Steely Dan, and I didn't want how, to forget it. I want to forget it now. How, is how that could possible? you not know it's "Peg"? I thought it was just "Hey Peg." You know me. I can't get my lyrics right. Hey John, you know me. Hey John, hey Peg. <laughs> that is the greatest background vocal 
of all time. Is it? It is. Peg! (laughs) That's right up there with the... Peg! Earth, Wind, and Fire September song. (laughs) As in great? Yeah, maybe. You don't... Oh, holy... Hold the phone. We found him, Ben. We found the one guy in the world that doesn't like the song September. You don't like September, Gabe. There's another song. There's another word that rhymes with September besides remember. Dismember. That's what I want to do to you right now. That's the Glenn Danzig version. (laughs) Okay, okay. I heard it enough. I'm done with September. On with October. Well, I hope you're not going to a uh, wedding in the next few months. Why is that? Because then you're going to fucking hear September. <laughs> no. Uh, All right, Gabe, did you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, I didn't, but I saw clips of Rob Halford and Dolly Parton singing. It was, it was very sweet. She seemed a little. Scared? She seemed a, yeah, a, a little alarmed. She seemed a little alarmed. Because he's gay? <laughs> <laughs> Or because Why? he's a metalhead with tattoos. She probably didn't know who he was. And there's this guy. It's probably had more to do with his beard than anything. And those really pointy ears that he has now that he shaved his head. Look at Gabe. He's trying to figure out if I'm talking about him. I'm not talking about you, Gabe. I don't have pointy ears. And I, I do shave my head. <clears throat> but you've got a weird beard. No, I, I cut it down. But... How was it? How was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Is it was it any good? The show? Uh, I have a love hate relationship with it. Uh, I, you know, I cried during the Dolly part. Uh, the Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis stuff was great. And why Eminem needed a half an hour, I I don't know. Eminem had a speech that went on for ten minutes, and then Dolly Parton comes up there. She goes, hey, everybody, thanks for having me in. I didn't really think I deserved it, but you got me in. Thanks. And I was like, Dolly Parton, done more than anybody. And she just goes, thanks. That's it. Doesn't fucking bore the shit out of you. She goes, I guess we're going to play some songs. I'm like, ah, that's why she's the best. She's the best. She doesn't take herself too seriously, ever. Even though she's had a far bigger impact than anybody on that fucking stage. Did she take herself seriously for one second? Nope. She's the best. So, yeah. I mean, you get Dolly Parton out of there, you could drop a bomb on that place and I'd be fine with it, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it is what it is and it's run by who runs it and it's a fucking business and a half, you know. But every once in a while, somebody undeniable gets in there and this year it was Pat Benatar and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Dolly Parton and you you can't help it you can't help but just go yeah it's amazing and that's okay. all I have to say about that <laughs> one day they'll get Iron Maiden in there and that might be next year it's gotta be next year I think they basically said that we don't want it I think Maiden? they said we don't want it yeah that doesn't matter. Well, that doesn't change their minds. They'll still vote him in. Dolly Parton said she didn't want it. They said, you have to take it. Well, 
Dolly is a legend in her own right. In, the greatest in, in, person to have ever walked the earth is what you meant to say. <laughs> She's the best. Name one person ever in the history of the world who's better than Dolly Parton. Jesus? No. You can't do it. Mel She's Brooks? Good. No. She's good. Didn't she donate a million dollars to the vaccine? Dude, she donates a million dollars every other week. She gave a 150 million books to kids. I, uh, uh, start a religion with her at the center of it. I'm in. I'll slaughter millions of people in her name. Let me throw one other Have possibility out? <laughs> out there for you. Let me just toss one more name into the ring for greatest okay. person ever. Better than Dolly Parton. And it's a very specific instance of this person. And I'm thinking, obviously, Billy Corgan on stage eating chips and salsa a couple of weeks ago that made the, the YouTube. Pretty I didn't good. see it. I didn't see it. Eating chips on stage? Have you not seen this? It's great. No. We're not going to do this, are we? Or are we going to do it? <laughs> Ben's favorite bit. Let's get visual on an audio-only podcast. Here it comes. Ben's going to kill Billy Corgan <clears throat> chips and dip. Here we go. On stage? 43 seconds of this. He was that hungry. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Doing a drum solo? That doesn't even look like him. <laughs> the, the emotions that are conflicting in me right now. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Why couldn't it have been a banana? Why did it have to be like bean dip and Tostitos. I mean, I, I, I get it. Eat during the drum solo. I, I, I'm with it. Why didn't Rob Zombie cast him as Uncle Fester in the <laughs> Munsters movie? That's I don't I know. Because neither of you were available. <laughs> None of you guys were available. <laughs> Uncle Fester's in the Munsters? <laughs> oh, it's true. He's in Adam's family. Oh, oh fucking dunking on us. Ouch. Yes. He dunked on my dunk, Ben. Still, Billy Corgan as Uncle Fester in the Munsters movie could have only improved that movie. <laughs> I was going to make a Fester joke, but I just, I just thought it was cheap. And then you did it, and so then I got cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody... Last week, we uh, Ben did a little bit of clever slate of hand, slide of hand. Is it slide or slate? It's slate, right? Slight, slight, slide of slide hand. Of hand. Yeah. S yes. Well, it's sleigh bells. Okay, but that doesn't have a T on it. I know, but it's sleigh. It's not sly. If somebody is not like a, if the, if there's a girl and she's not voluptuous. 
sometimes. No, slight is slight. Figure. It's slight. I think it's slate of Van. No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's not nope. spelled the same way as slate. The magician who uses sleight of hand for his trickery. Sure, whatever you say. So Ben Here, did a little I'll, bit I'll of that. And it made, well, I don't think it's fair it, to say that I did that because we actually, <laughs> in the podcast itself, we talk about what we're going to do. No, Ben, so it was no, you. It was you. So the very next day, Gabe uh, did not like that we made him say. The P and he was, he was a little upset that he's, the, what, what, what word, Gabe? The word that starts with P and ends with Y. Yeah, okay, we got you already. So, um, during the episode, you were mentioning that somebody called me a pussy. <laughs> and, I, and I said something like, well, it wasn't the first time somebody Hold did the it. phone! Gabe just said pussy, go ahead. Well, I'm going to say it a few more times. Okay, great. Mm. Someone so, called you a pussy? <laughs> yes, to my Who? face. Who? We were, listen to this story, okay? This okay. goes back about 15 years. You know, every year, Shh. I take a group of people, me, and we go to the bowl. Let me, let me pour a drink. Okay, poor. Because my people in Cutter can't. Wait, this is the story about when you drove across country and you asked some guy to help you? No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with oh, that. Okay. We, I, I do the bowling. Doing? Listen, Ben. <laughs> let me tell my story. I, I do a bowling trip every year. I used to. And it used to be in Reno, Nevada or Las Vegas every other year, you know? Like the movie Kingpin, you know? Yes, exactly. I was going to say that. Okay, I have a group of people and we go. Well, we happen to be staying at uh, the El Dorado Hotel. El Dorado. The 17th floor, okay? 17th floor. We're way up there. I don't like elevators. Really? They're kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, they're a little oh. scary. I don't like heights. Jesus. And this list is growing. It with you yeah, every all week. All kinds of stuff, yeah. So a couple, couple of my friends know that I don't like elevators, and they're big guys. So we get in the elevator, and they're starting to jump around a little bit, you know, before... Oh. before and I'm like, hold on, guys. We're on the 17th floor here, you know? So only bad things Were can Were you happen. in the elevator with House of Pain? Oh, I felt like it. So we stop at the next one down, maybe like 16 or 15, and this 30-year-old lady comes in by herself, and she sees I'm, I'm like red-faced, and I'm laughing, and these guys are laughing at me, and she's like, what's, what's going on here? And they're like, this, this guy's afraid. Of, he's afraid of heights. You know, we're jumping around. And she goes, all right, let's jump around. So she starts jumping around, and I'm freaking wow. out. I didn't see that coming. She, she might have been drunk. <clears throat> and, and, and she sees that I'm kind of scared, and she goes, what are you, a pussy? <laughs> to my face. And I, I just can't stop laughing. We get to the bottom floor, and she belts out when, she, when the door opens and sees her husband there. This guy's a pussy. And she just put me on blast right in front of everybody. There's like 100 people walking around. I'm all red-faced, and I'm just like, I, I just cannot stop laughing. And, and to this day, when anybody calls me a pussy, I can't think of anything but this lady making fun of me because I'm afraid of heights in an elevator. Well, first of all, I didn't call you a pussy. Yes, you did. I know. I made you say pussy. Well, I, somehow it came up that someone called me Second a pussy. Second of all, was this person who called you a pussy, was her name Justine by any chance? No. Why? Why did she? No, it just sounds something like my wife would do. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this, I don't think she's ever called me a pussy in front of my no, face. She's only thought, <laughs> she's only thought it and said behind your back. Anyway... That's the story. I got embarrassed in front of everybody by a, 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 a woman or a lady, chick. whatever she was, a chick, <laughs> calling me pussy in front of everybody, all my bowling friends. And now, whenever I tell that story to my friends, they just laugh, and then they get another chuckle out of it, and it's, it's pretty funny. It's, it's a funny story. 
That's your pussy story? Yes, I got put on blast in front of all my bowling friends, and they called me a pussy in front of everybody. Is that because why I don't, you don't like saying the word? No. I just said it, I just said it ten times. He doesn't like it because it doesn't roll off his tongue. <laughs> here we go. That one. Let's find out how to say this word here. Slight. Slight. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. It's Chris Anzalone. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Scott. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, how's, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, are you watching the World Cup at all? I did not uh, watch the World Cup because I worked at the record store all day. All right. Well, let's talk about the record store instead. You took over Stereo Jacks in October, right? Yep. Yep, yep, late September, but yeah, basically October was the first full month. Yep. Yeah, man. It's and so, crazy. I mean, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, how old are you? You're, you're like, what, 72? I'm 70, 73. I'm about to be 73 in a month. 73 yeah. in yeah. a month. And you decide it might be fun to run a, records, a record store. What? What? Yeah. You know, this was the kind of thing where like, uh, you know, when they say like a dog, a dog who, uh, you know, chases cars, they wouldn't know what to do with it if they caught it. Right. Like the Republicans with 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 abortion. Right. I got you. Go ahead. I I thought, oh, this is a great idea. This would be really fun. And then when it actually became true, I was like, oh, shit, I you know, am I actually going to do this? And. And then, uh, then I, you know, yeah, I, 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 I didn't. It came so fast after the idea of thinking about it for like months, and then it happening. It was suddenly like I had to make a split decision, and so it became very real, very fast. I think when I met you it was right, right after I bought the place, actually signed it and bought it, and so even then it didn't seem real for a couple months because it was still a, what a few months away from actually doing it. Um, but it got serious pretty quick, and I love it. In short, so, I love you it. You love it, yeah. So, I mean, you were working there, right? Like, did you start yep. working there during COVID? Yep, yep. When things opened up that first summer, uh, at the sort of the end of that first summer, and um, they they opened up, and they just offered me like one shift a week, and having nothing else to do, having no gigs, and you know, a one a one shift a week seemed like just the biggest breath of fresh air. It was it was really great, and and since especially since I'd been uh, shopping there since I was twenty twenty one thirty three years ago, um, and I'm I'm sorry fifty three years ago because I'm seventy three. <laughs> right. Thanks for doing that math. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It really actually the first few shifts there was was really like it was. It was just really magical for me. I had been going there since I was 20, and I really didn't think I'd be running this place. Now, it's pretty special to me. Yeah. Well, you, you changed locations. It used to be in Cambridge, and now it's in Somerville? Yeah, Somerville, Massachusetts. Yep, 736 Broadway. Um, yeah, the we the owner sort of, he got kicked out, um, you know, by the landlord. Priced out, kicked out, however you want to Because of pot. It. Because of pot. Because of, yeah. yeah. You'd think that the pot thing sounds like, oh, great, dispensaries, but it's not owned. None of them are owned by mom and pop people. It's all wealthy people. You have to have a billion dollars to open one of them, you know? So it's not cool. Right. It's not cool, kids. Not cool. Except not for the cool. one that we're going to play in, in uh, after the, the Middle East show. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that'll be great, man. I, I hope I can make that. We'll have to chat about I the pot show or the Middle East show. 
The, well, yeah, either. <laughs> Both. Okay. Is this advertised? Is this an advertised show or is this a private event you're talking about? Let's not get all into the, that right now. You brought it up. I, I sure did. Uh, <laughs> but if the people are in the area, they can come to Stereo Jacks. Come on over to Stereo Jacks. Yeah, we're going to smoke pot. All right, good. <laughs> and, and you don't just specialize in vinyl. Nope. We got a lot of CDs. Um, you know, that's it, basically. It's basically vinyl and CDs. People have been asking about cassettes, but I don't want to carry old cassettes in the shop. Not yet. It's... How about new cassettes? Because we have some new cassettes that we'd like to drop off on consignment. Oh, really? Do you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. New cassettes, fine. Sure. Okay. You know, for, for a, yeah, for a current band, absolutely. But I don't want to, you know, have some people's, you know, copies of, you know, Born to Run on cassette and all chewed <laughs> up and sounding shitty. <laughs> Ben would love it. So, uh, so it's going good. So you like it? It's going great, man. It really is. I mean, I, you know, I know that just you know, having played in the area for so long as a musician, I knew I had a lot of friends, musician friends, a lot of you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I think it's really helped being sort of a working musician in the area, you know, and um, I got a great write up in the Globe. I saw that. Uh, yeah, that writer comes to all my gigs, and so I think a lot of this that's tying together. You know, we're being you know a musician on the scene is is, is definitely helped um you know a month and a half two months that we've been open is a pretty small sample size but uh yeah, i couldn't have asked for a better start and it's it's going great we're getting great shit we're getting great like all kinds of good stuff old jazz old rock punk indie you know country blues tons of stuff it's really it's really been great so far so when and, the uh, original jack sold you the place he sold you the name and he sold you, but he, not, not a space, but he sold you the name and all of the inventory. Yep. Yep. It was what's called a, you know, it's, it's an asset sale. So I was, I bought, yep. Yeah, I bought basically all the physical property, the bins, the, the records and the sign, the store sign, which is hanging on the inside of our shop. Um, and the name, yep. The name. And, uh, yeah. So, so how did you find the space? I found the space by driving around. And just getting, I got in my car and I just started driving around looking at any empty storefront, taking down the name, then the address, the number, calling around. The thing is, though, is that I, I wasn't, I, I was on my way to look at a property the day I found this space. And I lived in this, I grew up in this neighborhood where my shop is now. Mm -hmm. And I passed through there quite often. And I was just driving by, like I said, on my way to look at a, a scheduled visit with a realtor for a place in Arlington. And I saw this place was empty. I pulled over and went to the laundromat next door to, to try to find somebody that knew anything. And the owner was working there and we just, we struck a deal within 10 minutes. You know, not not a signed deal, but a handshake deal. And it was absolutely perfect. It's a beautiful corner shop with huge window space. You'll see it when you come to town. It's just, it's really, it it is perfect. Yeah. But, yeah. So really, when you were a kid, was this something that you like, you know, that you ever thought you would want to do or did just nope. never even occur to you? No, not, not at all. No, I, uh, I mean, when I got back into, well, in the nineties, when I was shopping at Jack's, the old Jack's it was all CDs. And I, I just, you know, I just love going music shopping, you know, whether a musician or not, it's, it's fun to buy CDs, albums, but I never, I never thought, I never thought I would do this. Not until I worked there, not until like the first shift I came home and I said to my wife, 
it would be so cool to run a record shop and uh and it is i gotta say man it's a lot more work than i thought it just makes me think of that scene in citizen kane where where he goes i think it'd be fun to run a newspaper fun to run a newspaper Ah." that's exactly was was that her reaction it it was Was, yeah no she she might buy she goes ah yeah yeah, we both went, ah. No, she was like, oh, she said, I think that would be great for you, you know? And she's the reason, I got to give a shout out to my wife, Ruth Anzalone. I would not have been able to do this without her helping me buy the place. And not just financially, but her, her moral support. She's been amazing because I have been super busy between playing, you know, five nights a week in bands and, and working at the shop 50 hours. Yeah. Um, Wives are pretty good, right? She's fantastic. I got it. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. They're pretty good. You know? So bearing the lead, you're a drummer. And I mean, and you know, this doesn't take that away. I met you at Hot Stove Cool Music and you're playing with Juliana, but that's not really, you don't really have a main gig, do you? You just play all the time. I, I, you know, I did for a long time. I was in a band in, in the early 2000s for 10 to 15 years. And then I left that, that band and then I joined, it was a band called Johnny Hoy and the Bluefish great mm-hmm. great band sort of blues and roots kind of stuff and then i joined then i i left them and then i got invited to audition for uh room full of blues it's a venerable old blues band um of 50 something years i joined them for five six years and i just left them actually in this past june and now i'm just sort of full-time freelance and it's really the best for me i love it i i, I love just kind of calling you know you know calling my own shots kind of thing and you know it's great i got to i played i play with you know not to sound whatever but i played with you know a lot of bands around town 10 to 15 different kind of bands all over the place you know just how do you keep that straight in your head yeah you know a lot of them i've played with for a fair amount of time now and i know their book pretty well but when i have to learn songs it's a lot of work you know keeping that all straight and i make i make cheat sheets ed makes fun of me Ed Velasquez makes fun Ed of Ed doesn't stuff. use cheat sheets? Ed, He's cheat Ed sheet is, city. Ed does not. Ed learns everything, <laughs> memorizes everything, which, <laughs> you know, he and I have gone back and forth on that. That takes a lot of time. You can cut down your work by 50% when you make your little <laughs> charts and stuff. You saw it. We Works played smarter, I had my little. I had my little pieces of paper on top of the bass drum. I did. I don't even think I noticed it, though. That's good. I, I'm, I've gotten pretty pretty clandestine at you know hiding them on the floor or on taping them to things like marlon brando with his with his cue cards the way he used to tape his cue cards to the walls and everything you know that you knew that right uh i you know i i knew he would wouldn't learn his lines but what movie am i going to look for him looking for cue cards well you won't see it because he, he he's so good but on on the set of uh the godfather there's a scene where they're all talking, you know, and where Sonny says, there's a lot of lot of money in that powder pop. Remember mm-hmm. that scene? It's him and Duvall. Apparently Duvall yeah, had, I remember. Duvall had uh, paper. He had, he had cheat sheets. He had cue cards taped to him. Opposite, sitting opposite. Uh, you can't see it, you know. Oh, they, so opposite. they're in front of him. And, yeah. And, and Coppola yeah. was shooting from, okay, all right. So, yeah, he, Brando would do that. So, yeah, those are my cheat sheets. I had one taped to your back, actually, that like, you didn't notice it. <laughs> I thought I felt something back there. It said kick me, but, it, 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 you know. <laughs> I don't even know what a drum chart looks like, I realize. I didn't even realize it, there were such things. 
Oh, come on, man. That's drumism right there. That's. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Scott, <laughs> no, I'm has anyone ever it. done charts for any local H drum songs? No. Okay. So, yeah, but that's because you have a set band. If you don't play with somebody for like two months, three months, and you're a side man and you're filling in for somebody, you can't be expected to remember well, I mean, that. I've seen chord charts, but what are the drum parts? They're just like. You know, some you know, you just say verse, yeah, chorus, verse, 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 eight for eight bars, and if there's anything that has like a accent or a hit, I'll write it out. You know, it's pretty basic. It's basically like when to play and when not to play. You right. You're not play. writing. You're not writing out the music. You're not writing out the no. kick snare pattern or anything like that. Sometimes, sometimes, if a lot of songs sound similar in a band, and I need to kind of differentiate differentiate the songs, I'll write out like. Here's the kick and snare pattern, just in one measure next to the title. What do the notations look like? Like, what does a snare hit look like as opposed to a kick drum hit? All right, so I'm gonna write out a quick measure of drums right here, and uh, Ben always going for the visual on this <laughs> audio-only <laughs> podcast. Yeah, right. We can use this as the still photo for the. There's a measure. Okay. Oh, of, yeah. Know. Okay, it looks like musical notes. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, they are. They're real musical notes. Eighth notes and quarter notes, and and there you go. There's your kick drum on the bottom on one and three, and the snare on two and four, and the hi hats on the top. Okay. I yes. love it. That's yeah. What it looked like. Yeah. So it's yep. you know it's real bare bones, and if there's a if there's a accent on bar eight, on the and of four, I'll just write, I'll just write out that pattern, you know. So yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's it's real helpful. Ed always makes fun of me. Juliana makes fun of me too. She's yeah, like, well. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start working with Juliana? Was it the police record? So that was the that was the, like the spring of yeah, the spring of 19. I got a call at 1 in the morning from Ed saying, uh, "Do you want to record some police songs with Juliana tomorrow morning?" And I was like, "Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just about to go to bed." <laughs> and I thought, oh, that I said, yeah, great, yeah, you know what? What song? You know, thinking we were gonna do like, you know, you know, next to you, which yeah, we ended up doing. But but, uh, um, it, it was a uh, landlord, like the B side, right? You know, and I was like, I don't even know that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so it was really weird. I was like, okay, great, and yeah, she. I've been working with her since actually, which is really nice. I I, I really you know gotten to really know her. She's wonderful. She came in the shop a couple days she ago. Put her to work. I put her to work. I'm selling her records. Uh, and she um, and she she donated a nice piece of art. Um, she's as you probably already know. She's a, a wonderful visual artist. Great. Yes. Yeah, painter and, and sketch artist and um, yeah, she's really great. I really I really like Julian a lot. Yeah. Ah, she's a peach. <laughs> she is. And we almost all toured together. I know. Damn it! You gotta figure out a way to make that happen. Are 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 you going out on the Lemonheads thing? No, she's doing those solo. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she's okay. just opening up for them solo. And uh, yeah, Evan's cool. I actually met Evan on the Vineyard um, when I was in that <laughs> band that I mentioned, and uh, we really Wait, hit hold it off. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Vineyard. <laughs> the, the Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. The Martha. Sorry. Yeah, the Martha. Sorry, okay. I say the vineyard just like I know you. Like I think I know you. what I'm talking about. But no, yeah. If you're from that area, you can call it the vineyard. If you're not from that area, you can't call it the vineyard, right? I guess so, yeah. That was, a bit, every, that was a bit pretentious of me. I'm everybody from Boston is not calling it the vineyard. <laughs> 
People in South Boston going to the vineyard? Yeah, I'm going to the fucking vineyard, kid. Uh, yeah. no, you know what? That's just because I went down there for so many years. It just became, yeah, I know. You got me. You caught, you caught me. Now we got you. Now <laughs> we got your number. Let's get back to the Evan Dando anecdote, please, you guys. Come on. What happened with Evan? At the vineyard. Oh. Hey, we're just trying yeah, to put context here, man. I get it. You're setting the stage. Yeah. I, I was playing a, a gig with Christian McNeil, a local singer-songwriter from Boston who's, who's fantastic. And this guy with a long beard was just, like, clapping wildly on the side of the stage. I knew and I was like, oh, this guy looks like a <laughs> lunatic. And then he came up to me on the break, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I got to talk to this fucking crazy person. <laughs> and, then, and then just, you know, the closer he got, I was like, he looks familiar. I mean, he really had a long beard. He said, hey, I'm Evan Dando. I really like your drumming. I was like, oh, good. You're not a lunatic. You're just, you're Evan Danko. <laughs> well, debatable. <laughs> you can and be and uh, he said my drumming was sexy. That's what he said. And uh, and I ended up recording a couple of days later with him um, with a, a song, a, a John Denver song for a, a, a tribute, the John Denver tribute album. And What's, um, What song? Uh, Looking for Space. Hmm. Okay. He was delightful, actually. He was really great. I, I enjoyed his company and, and working with him. He was incredible in the studio. And it was really fun. Just me and him. We tracked the whole thing, just the two of us. What were you into as a kid? Like, when did you start playing drums? Uh, when I was, like, 13. And yeah. my brother played. My brother played when I was, like, 6 or 7. He was, like, 16. He quit. So, But there was always a drum set in my room, you know, and... It, you know, and but I couldn't touch it. You know, it was my brother's. I'd have to play when he wasn't there. You know? <laughs> so, but it wasn't until I was like 13 that I that I actually, you know, got a shitty kit together and you know cobbled a kit together. And um, yeah, I just kind of did that and did the typical thing. I got into bands with friends in high school, and we did that until our late teens. And in my early 20s, I started studying with this really great teacher, this great jazz drummer named Bob Galati from the Boston area who passed away actually while I was out on tour with Juliana two years ago. Um, yeah, he was, he was really amazing, an amazing teacher to generations of drummers. Yeah. And it wasn't until then that I was like, Oh, all right. You know, this is how you practice. This is how you actually get better. And what were you playing in high school? It wasn't was jazz. Playing, no, just rock bands and stuff. You know, um, not just rock bands, but you know, I was doing what every teen did, you know, we're playing rock bands and stuff. And, um, Bob opened up a whole other world for me, though. It was really, really amazing. Really great teacher and made me realize, like, yeah, this is kind of what I wanted to do. You know, it took a long time, though. I, it didn't. It wasn't until my late 20s that I was able to actually, like, quit my job and, and start playing for a living. You know, you know, so I've been, yeah, playing for a living for about 25 years. So did you go to school or was it just Bob? Basically? Just Bob. Yeah. 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 I was never a school person. I just didn't do well in school. I didn't want to go to school, you know. Um, it, you know, and I mean, I had to work hard under Bob, but for some reason, it not being a school of just lessons was really, you know. And plus, he sort of made me understand what how to practice. You know, it was. I felt I was like sort of flailing before then. You're not flailing, but I'd run out of information. I'd run out of like how to get. I didn't know quite how to get better. I didn't mm -hmm. quite know how to practice, and his his methods were. That's kind of boring, maybe. No, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it really was. It was absolutely. If you talk to, if you ever meet anyone that studied with this guy, they'll say the same thing. He he showed he showed me how to how to practice and how to get better, and it was really, yeah, transformative, really.
Yeah. So you you're like not playing around like you know like the boston rock scene that we know like you're sort of like playing on the edges of it or you know because yeah, i was doing i was in a couple bands that we played at you know tt's and we played at johnny d's and we played at uh club three and uh, uh was it bill's bar and you know um you know then uh the rat and stuff you know i have this picture of the boston scene as one thing and i'm trying to get at like were you around different i don't know parts of it that like would give me a fuller picture of what the boston scene was like you know i never really I, it's funny because i never really i kind of abandoned it at a at a, at a pretty early age because okay. i got into playing like jazz and blues and stuff and which there was a lot of work for you know like in the 90s late 90s there's a lot of work for blues and stuff and i got sucked into that world and so i i really feel like i only put my uh sort of dip my toe into it in my like late teens and early 20s you know and um yeah and also i you know it didn't pay either <laughs> and i was like you know you know you're on a bill with like four other bands and you end up you know owing money or not making any money you know and i mean i right. love it. i love playing rock you know what i mean but uh <clears throat> yeah so i don't know I, I you know like somebody like ed ed v is like somebody who has been in the scene deep you know for 30 years you know and, and so and i never got in i never got in that deep you know as he did i kind of moved towards the the blues thing because it allowed me to work more you know it allowed me to work more and make some money and you know sort of become you know a working musician yeah 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 but ed knew enough about you and you, you had enough of a you know a presence that he was able to call on you when he needed somebody yeah yeah we met through a, a mutual friend of singer songwriter named tim garen who was doing a record at q and i played percussion on it and and we just hit it off you know and you know ed ed's awesome he's so wonderful mm -hmm. if you when you meet ed you feel like you've known him forever and you know we wound up on a couple gigs with andrea gillis and uh and yeah we just we, we, we played well together you know and uh we got along we get along really well and and i owe him a lot ed ed has given me a lot of great opportunities including you know meeting and playing with juliana you know ed's ed's gotten me a lot of really good sessions he's introduced me to a lot of people it's been really nice get it's been nice getting back into the rock scene that i was kind of never fully in you know yeah. kind of a weird late bloomer thing for me you know yeah so like really i mean after like 20 years of playing blues which i still do but then now to be playing with some really great rock acts you know it's it's nice it's the music i grew up listening to you know i didn't i didn't listen i didn't grow up listening to marty waters when i was 12 13 years old in medford medford massachusetts what you didn't you're not jack white <laughs> yeah right so, right so so what were you listening to when you were a kid yeah, man, I was listening to the Who and the Beatles and the Stones and you know and you know ACDC and I don't know, just a ton of shit, you know, a ton of rock, you well, know. Gabe wants I'm to a know. Fan. Oh, you're yeah. a Beatles fan. Uh, what about yeah. that new Revolver? Uh, oh yeah, we're getting it into the shop. Uh, I heard, you know, I I think it sounds amazing. I heard, oh. but I heard, I heard, and your bird can sing. I, that's the one track I didn't dig. I like Why? the washiness. I love the washiness of the of the of the original track. The way that everything's just like smushed together. You like the mono mix better? The mono mix. The, the mono, mono mix. mixes are pretty fucking great, man. 
yeah, they are. Yeah, the revolver stereo mixes are ridiculous. You know, with Taxman, everyone's over here and the tambourine's yeah. over here. It's kind of. Don't you kind of love that? <laughs> I kind of love that because that's what I grew up with. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, well, I never knew that that an, an, the guitar part in Anne Your Bird Can Sing was a, a harmony guitar part. I thought it was just one guitar part. Oh, is it like it's layered? Is it like a layered thing? I think it's John and George. So okay. apparently they invented Iron Maiden as well. <laughs> yeah, doubling the guitars. Yeah. Ah, they invented everything. I and love everything. I, it's crazy. I unapologetically love everything. Did you say Gabe was going to ask something? Yes. Gabe. Well, we, have a, we have a running bit here where we kind of favor one band over the other, and we ask our guest if they had to choose between two bands, which one would they choose? I don't know which way you're going to lean because you're kind I of... I do. Well, I, I have a guess, but I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping I'm wrong. So between, uh, but before b b before you ask, I'm in the middle here. I think both bands are equally as important. Is okay. this a Stones Beatles thing? It's close. It's our version <laughs> of a Stones Beatles thing. Okay, it's oh, not really close. But uh, if you had to pick between two bands, the Replacements or Iron Maiden? Oh, the Replacements. <laughs> I I I. Boom. I, I <laughs> You know what? I, I I respect the hell out of that that genre of rock, the the metal stuff. It's never been my favorite favorite though. I I I, I when I'm it's shocked. on, I'm like, this is. <laughs> it's just there's something about it. I, I I've actually started to like it more the older I get. Yeah. Um. But I've all I've always been in terms of in terms of rock. I've always leaned more towards roots rootsier stuff, you know, um, and, and the, the metal, the real, that real driving metal stuff has never been my, my favorite. I'm sorry. I, it looks like I disappointed Gabe. No, that's so a, you that's knew a... Gabe was the Iron Maiden guy. How did you just, know that? His expression when I said he, 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 <laughs> he looked dejected. They have a 40, they have a 40 anniversary of the number of the beast vinyl that just came out. It's got a, an extra live album with it. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, I wonder if it's coming out for a record store day. Um, I just sold a sealed copy of Power Slave at the at the shop. Yeah, sealed, sealed for crazy How much? money. How much? It was like eighty bucks. Wow! And a guy came in and bought it without blinking. He bought it like it was. He looked like it was Christmas Day. Was he wearing a hoodie? And did he did he have like sort of like a, a gray sort of Amish no, thing going was, on? No, he was uh, he was uh, kind of like a towny construction construction worker. That's and my he was kind of guy. He left. He had it. Actually, this is what happened. He he's never it. been to the vineyard. He's never been to the vineyard. <laughs> he had it in his hand, and then he put it back down, and he left. He was like, I'll see you later. And then he came back five minutes later. He's like, fuck it. I'm fucking getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, he, yeah, yeah, it's amazing how much money these people spend on records. <laughs> God, you you, um, oh, yeah. When, when you took over and bought the entire collection of... of of out of records that were in the store did you go through them and see stuff that you're like oh you know what i actually i don't want to sell this i want to keep this for myself or is it yeah. like working in a record store is like working in like an ice cream store where you, after the first day you're sick of the whole thing it's like working in a cocaine factory the way they make <laughs> cocaine and you can take as much cocaine home it's hard actually uh so but i realized something the other day i realized that um 
You I can't get high on your own supply. Can't get high on your own That's supply. But I realized, the, yeah. but you know what? The other day I was like, oh, I haven't gone record shopping in a while. I should go record shopping because I don't want to take any of my records home. But I realized taking my records home is cheaper than going and buying <laughs> records at a shop because I yeah. pay, you know, much less for them. So I've started to take a few records home. I took Iggy Pop's Raw Power home just today. Nice. Because that is the fucking greatest rock album <laughs> of all You time. took it home for four ninety nine. I took it. That's right. I saw I their price. I was like, what I are you texted doing? you that. I after the, after that, I was like, this is coming home. I also took home Miles Davis's uh, Milestones, a mono copy today. So I I'm taking home maybe like one record a week. You know? Okay, I think that's good as long yeah. as you stick to that. Yeah, I not- can't I can't go taking piles home. I got to pay the bills and you know. Um, but yeah, it's actually cheaper for me to take my own records home than go record shopping. Yeah, because they're 80 bucks, dude. <laughs> There's some of them are, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're going to come to the shop when you come to town. You got to come by. Yeah, I'd like to. We, we have, uh, we, we, we're coming there on the 6th, and then we do have a day off because the next day we're playing a, uh, a dispensary for real. Oh, cool. Where, I, where is I it? I just hope it's not the same dispensary that, that kicks <laughs> yeah, out of the old, old place. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, I hope I can make I'll t- it. I'll text you. I'll text you what the name of it is. So that's a Wednesday. Is it a daytime thing? Like at an It is a daytime thing. Yeah. Oh, good. Then I'm coming. I, I have Wednesday. Wednesday's my day off from the shop. Yeah. So we can do that, and then we can get you know some some pizza lunch, and then we'll have to. We got to drive to uh, Philadelphia after that. I'm gonna take you to Armando's Pizza. Perfect. I'm excited. Yep. In Huron Village in Cambridge. It's fantastic. Ed hates. Ed doesn't like any pizza in Boston. But he likes stoked. He likes that place stoked, which is very good. But Ed likes the wood fired pizza. He doesn't like the, the the Italian like pizza oven pizza. Well, you know? it's because of Dean. He's into that New Haven crap, man. Those guys, it's like a pizza cult. It is a pizza cult. It is. <laughs> It's a pizza cult. It's a pizza cult. A pizza. A pizza. Oh, well done. Well done. (laughs) I got a question for you because we we got this new item that came out at our merch store. You know, vinyl's made a comeback and it's here to stay. And cassettes are kind of coming back. But what do you think about VHS? (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) What year did you guys start? (laughs) This is new. This is a new item. Oh, really? This is a new item. It's oh, a reissue of a, of a DVD that the band did called There Went the Zoo. And somebody That's had a brilliant. bright idea. They had a bright idea to do VHS copies, and we're selling these on the road. I'm not sure how much they are, but uh, we'll have them on the West Coast, uh, the, the third leg of the tour. But VHS, That's is that crazy. something? Is, is it making a comeback or no? You know what? So, it, so the people that are asking about cassettes are not people our age. They're kids. Kids are asking for cassettes. It's this right. whole, you know, they're getting they're getting like every generation does. They're getting all retroy, you know, for the, the the something that happened three decades, you know, before they were even born. And um, I think that's cool. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's kind of fun. You know, we did that too. I think with with stuff, you know, and um, they they're I I would I bet you like what. Well, we weren't trying to buy eight tracks. Um, I don't know. I mean, in our twenties, were we? No, maybe we weren't. No, you're right. We were down with the new technology. CDs, sure. That's true. Back in black again. 
I mean, I, we kind of grew up. We kind of grew up with eight track. I mean, eight track was when I was a little kid too. But uh, yeah, no, it's true. None of us were like, "Hey, mom, can you get me that old phone where you have to?" Right. Right. The old phone. I guess I don't know. There was still. I guess for me, I, I always appreciated like old, you know, old stuff, old movies, old music, and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I guess you're right. Technology. We didn't pine for anything old. But this new, this new group. I mean, they're embracing vinyl. They're embracing, you know, cassettes. Um, I'm still not going to sell them at the store because I don't think it's, I just think it's kind of cruddy. But um, even CDs, I mean, someone who's 20 years old right now is, you know, they're like, they're digging CDs. Um, so I think the VHS is kind of fun. So what else is going on, Scott? <laughs> I saw you last. When did I see you? End of June, right? End of June. That sounds about right. That was fun. We uh, went to Wrigley. We saw the... <laughs> I, I was going through my pictures and I saw the uh, the statue of um, Harry Carey with the children rising out of the flames of hell. Right. That is the, the, the most terrifying statue. Have you guys seen the statue? The Harry Carey statue outside of Wrigley Field? So Google it. Ha Harry Carey's out there. He's like, well, let's play one more. And un he seems to be rising out of a lake of flames, a lake of fire, with little kids' faces in, in the lake of fire. And all I, can, all I can surmise here is that, you know, <laughs> Harry Carey is the king of the underworld, right? What are those kids under him? Holy cow. See? It's, it's disturbing. It? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. At least you know what your nightmares will be tonight. That's that's good. And then we went across the street and saw some band. What what was the cover that like? Oh God, those hardcore the band. Met? Not hardcore, but Metro. They were like uh, they were like emo hardcore. Right. So it was really uh, it was really emo emo hard stuff. Oh, and I know what it was. It was a Cheryl Crow cover. Oh, if it makes you happy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> that made me feel old. That that band <laughs> and that crowd, I was like, wow, I'm old. That was one of those moments. But who cares? I don't want to be young again. Do you want to be young again? Do you want to be like, uh, your, do, I mean, not, not, I mean, obviously we're all terrified of dying, but like, yeah. I mean, do, do you really want to be like 22 again? I, I don't know. No, but I'd ask for 20 more years. I, I, I'd go back to 20 more years and, <laughs> Try it again. Yeah, but that's you're thinking about like when you're on your deathbed. You're like, ah, <laughs> twenty more years would be great. But like right now, there's no way I would not want to be that terrible age again, uncertain and. Yeah, but what if that. you went back and you knew everything? Wouldn't wouldn't you be able to just fucking run the show? But, but that's science fiction now. Now we're talking about like if I could go back, but know what I know. Oh, and, okay, all right. So, so what you were saying was that was that was real life. That was something I could actually do. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be. I don't want to be twenty-two no, again. Was, but high school—that's crazy. No, but it just made me think. In one fell swoop, I'm old, but I actually like being old. I like this. I like being my age right now. Do you? Yeah, I got no problem with it. I feel almost like I feel younger now than I did when I was in my thirties, I felt like I was yeah. more like, I was like, Oh man, obsessed with mortality. Now I'm just kind of like, Oh wow. This is pretty good. I'm uh, yeah. never going to grow up. I like, I'm digging my fifties. Even though two, two years of my 
two years of my fifties was the pandemic. I'm I'm digging. I, I like it. I don't I don't wish to be any other age. I, I actually, I don't know how you felt as a musician. I, I started to feel like, well, if this is going to, you know, I, I kind of started to feel like this was going to be the end of my musical career because, you know, venues weren't going to reopen. You know what I mean? Mm, like less yeah. venues. I'm getting, I'm, I'll be two years, three years older when everything happens, you know, comes out. There's younger musicians coming up. I kind of started to feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I won't get as much work when this all comes back. And then I kind of, but I also felt kind of at peace with it because I thought, well, better it happened now that I've already been doing it for 25 years. I would hate if like the pandemic hit when I was at the beginning of my sort of, you know what I mean? Beginning of my career. I do. You know, like if it was over, if it was over, I would be like, all right, I did it for like a long time already. Right. You know? I, it, I got to do it. Um, so. But, but it was yeah. also interesting when I started to see people's reaction where they were kind of like, uh, Find something else to do. Get another job. Fuck yeah. you. And I was like, oh, yeah, nobody has any respect for what we do. And yeah. Screw it. So, yeah, maybe no opening a record store is the thing to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, fortunately, my gigs did come back. And I'm very thankful. And I'm I'm more grateful than ever to be playing you know for a living um the record sh record shop was definitely kind of an icing on the cake thing but you're right though it was yeah it was like oh boohoo go get a real yeah go get a real job was like kind right. of the yeah you know like we like i've been you know living off <laughs> high right. off the hog at, you know playing music i'm you know right. people don't realize how hard we work man it's a lot of work you know i agree and i don't yeah. like to say it a lot but you know sometimes it 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 bears saying you know it's yeah. like it's not as easy as you think it is nimrod yeah the money's not great the you know the hours are late um but the cocaine is amazing it's oh great. man back to the cocaine all right I know. goodbye <laughs> everybody we're gonna have a coke party <laughs> it's so stupid because i've been sober for like 10 i've been sober for like 10 years so i i just like joking about it no so, it's the best i mean because you know you're sober everybody's like thinks you know of course he's joking but you're not <laughs> uh no i'm not i mean I that's am. what the the show needs is more Coke references. It's fine. I think so. uh, that's good. That's good. Where does the, when do you, when does this come out? When is the, when do you, how long does it take you to, how long does it take you guys to do, to edit all the stupid things I say and, <laughs> and, and try to make me sound like a fucking semi-intelligent person? Yeah. We put it out every Friday, so it'll come out Friday. Yeah. This will be our day after Thanksgiving show. So. Oh, cool. Well, that's nice. I'm really uh, I, thank you so much, really, for for uh, having me do this, Scott. It's it's a lot of fun. I don't. I actually have not done much of this kind of thing, so it's it's really fun. Hope you, you did know, great. I did okay. You did okay. Thank God. <laughs> Except for the replacements thing, we'll we'll we'll, we'll cut that part All out. All right, take or, it or easy. Edit it a little there. bit. And make sure. make it sound like you're make it sound like you got a mullet or something. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it sound like you're a cokehead. Maiden fan. <laughs> they do. They do some fancy editing. I hear behind my back. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. On the road of experience, I'm trying to find my own way. Sometimes I wish that I could fly away. 
I think that I'm moving Suddenly things stand still I'm afraid cause I think they always will And I'm looking for space And I find out who I am And I'm looking to know Sometimes I'm almost there Sometimes I fly like an eagle Sometimes I'm deep in despair All alone in the universe Sometimes that's how it seems I get lost in the sadness and the screams I look in the center Suddenly everything's clear I find myself in the sunshine And my dreams And I'm looking for space And to find out who I am And I'm looking to know It's a sweet, sweet dream Sometimes I'm almost there Sometimes I fly like an eagle Sometimes I'm deep in despair On the road of experience Joining the living day an answer, it's just that it's just that way When you're looking for space And you find out who you are When you're looking to try and reach the stars It's a sweet, sweet, sweet dream Sometimes I'm almost there Sometimes I fly like an eagle Sometimes I'm deep in despair Sometimes I fly like an eagle